and welcome inside the Kilo Vault. I'm your host, Ross, for what is a, a cheating episode, I'm not going to lie to you. Total cheat, but totally awesome. When we began discussing doing a podcast here at Kilo in the uh, mid part of the pandemic, because we had a lot of free time, <laughs> you know, not a lot of live broadcasts, not a lot of going out, not a lot of live rock and roll shows. So at the free time, we're like, well, what do we do? Let's do a podcast. And we talked about doing it about music. Originally, it's kind of where it started. And we sent out a, a call to all of our friends in the in the rock industry and said, hey, we want to talk to artists about their first album. Because everyone remembers like you know their first, either their first favorite album or maybe the first album they actually bought on their own. Because it's a big deal, especially if you're into music and you love music. It's one of those things that takes you back. And we got a huge response from a bunch of big names, from a bunch of great bands, with a bunch of great stories. And we worked it in with uh, the staff, talking about our first albums. And, and there it was, but it really didn't go anywhere. And then we kind of pivoted and we found all this cool stuff that started the official Kilo Vault podcast. And I thought, man, we got to bring all these stories from all these rockers into the now, lock them in the vault. So this is eternal. It's called Firsts. Quality time with what bands like Shinedown and uh, Five Finger Death Punch, Avatar, Fire from the Gods, Hailstorm, Dinosaur Pile, a bunch of cool bands. And like I said, more importantly, some really cool stories that you could probably relate to. I'm going to break this down into three groups. Famous, family, and funny. Famous because it's albums that more than likely most of the audience is going to be like, wow, that was my first album too. Just the biggest albums of all time often get gobbled up by a lot of people. That's how they become the biggest album of all time. The family stories are just rockers who got involved in music thanks to the collections from you know friends and family, fathers. You know, dig it through your old man's record stash, come across something cool, could change your life. And then the funny, just a couple of great stories. One's a misdemeanor, and one involves uh, someone drew a penis on an album cover, and it led to confusion, but it's a great story. And it all begins right now inside the Keto Vault. We're starting with the famous albums and a front man for a pretty famous band. We're talking Brent Smith of Shinedown. What was his first? Uh, so I believe if I'm not mistaken, uh, I had to have been in fifth grade and it was probably 88, 87, 89. I can't even remember anymore, but it was appetite for destruction by guns and roses. Um, one of my friends in school, um, brought the tape to music class on a Friday cause you know, kids could bring their own music on Friday. And, uh, I remember he put it in, I think we got maybe a minute into Welcome to the Jungle and the teacher pulled it, but I was like, who is that? What is that? Uh, ended up how I got it, though, was his older brother ended up getting it for me. Um, I had an allowance, uh, so the following Friday, I actually gave him uh, the money to give to his brother. I believe he went to a record store called Record Bar. Uh, this is way back in the day. Uh, I got a cassette of it uh, the following Monday, and uh, yeah, it was one of those records that changed my life. I think it changed a lot of people's lives. But uh, there's my story. There's my first record um, that I bought with my own money. Uh, to this day, uh, my parents never knew I had that record. Um, obviously now, um, being in a band, uh, they've let it slide. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses. I'm sure a pretty common answer when asked what was your first album because everybody had that album. Everyone remembers where they were. When they heard that album for the first time, I remember I was sacrilege. I was in a uh, a van going off to summer uh, uh, summer Christian Bible camp, 
And we're listening to that in the headphones, and we just pass it around. And it was like, oh, my God, this is scandalous. I had a buddy whose parents bought that album back from him just so they could destroy it. Up next, we're going to turn you on to Ben from a band called Biffy Clyro, which you might not be familiar with. Uh, in, in Europe, one of the biggest bands around there is Scotland Band, the Scottish band. And really, in, in Europe, they are massive. You can check out a documentary on Amazon called Biffy Clyro, Cultural Sons of Scotland, if you want to see exactly how other level these guys are. And we tracked down Ben from the band. And he has another very famous album, which introduced him to the world of rock music and pretty much changed his life. The album that changed my life and set me on the correct path was Nevermind by Nirvana. I guess I was 14 when that came out and I was listening to chart techno, <laughs> some really bad stuff. So Nirvana really did get me on the correct path. And what they were doing was fairly simplistic punk rock and it seemed doable. It seemed like something me and my friends could actually achieve. And it inspired us to start a band. So thank you, Nirvana, for changing my life. I'm sure a lot of people have thanked Nirvana for changing their lives. It's so funny, put them on the correct path. I was listening to Chart Techna, looking for my lucky charms. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, up next, oh man. After a volatile split, he is now just Tommy Vax the Lone Wolf. His first album, another fairly famous one. One of the best, a lot of people point to this as one of the best soundtracks of all time. And you can make that argument, I think. Here's Tommy Vext's first album. So I'm trying to think of the first album I bought. I, I, I believe it was, I think the first CD that I got was the Crow soundtrack with uh, Brandon Lee, the first one. Uh, and it was, it's a, like a classic movie, like kind of, it's like gothic and metal, uh, soundtrack. And there were just like tracks that blew me away. It was my introduction to Pantera. Um, I, I had been exposed to the grunge scene before I got truly into metal. Um, I, you know, my cousin was a huge metalhead. Uh, and I, I, I love this movie. So me and all my friends (laughs) went to go see, see the crow we were all obsessed with it and um i got the soundtrack and the cure it opens up with the cure and there's songs from stone temple pilots and nine inch nails uh, rage against the machine uh pantera there's just it's just dope and it, it to me that record was where i started to look up seriously started to look up more of the bands before that i had kind of been into like bands like green day and aerosmith uh you know and and i kind of got introduced to the beatles and classic rock by by family members and yeah the, the crow soundtrack was definitely it was a vibe you know it was a vibe and i i'm i'm just trying to think of that time it's like such a time capsule with 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 uh the songs and you know 1992 was a year was it like a couple years later was this huge boom in kind of in hip-hop and and heavy metal so it really was a good introduction for all the things that were coming which would be like pantera's far beyond driven and the downward spiral from nine inch nails and then corn's self-titled debut album which also came out 
Um, so it, it definitely, it was definitely set the tone for me to really grasp over the next two, like, and develop my, my, my audio, uh, appreciation over the next couple of years. So yeah, I, I always look fondly on that. I remember having to, we try, I remember trying to get tickets to go see the crow and we were too young and we had to convince our friend's mom to come with us as our chaperone. And there's that one naked, there's a scene where... <laughs> The bad guy's girlfriend's taking a shower and you can see her ass or whatever, which is like nothing. But I remember being mortified. I was like, Matt's mom's going to kill us, you know. But uh, yeah, fond memories and introductions. So movie soundtracks, movie soundtracks. One of the great, it's probably one of the greatest movie soundtracks of all time, for sure. The Crow soundtrack. You can hear how just it took him back to that day, right? Sees a butt on the big screen. (laughs) That's great. One more in the famous category comes to us from Matt from a fierce three piece from England known as Dinosaur Pileup. Great bunch of guys, too. And another famous album from another big band. I'd probably have to say um, the first album that that I bought and made me want to pursue music would be uh, Foo Fighters Color in the Shape, which is still today my number one favorite record. Um, and it's still fresh to me, and it's I, I'm still I still get inspired by that record every time I listen to it. Um, you know, like Monkey Wrench, just the perfect kind of like punk rock, uh, like pop song, I guess. And you know, every time I I hear Wind Up or Enough Space, it's still just like so fresh and raging and aggressive. It's just like whoa. Like how is this? How is this still so great? Um, and I remember when I heard that for the first time, that whole record, um, all those songs and stuff, it just—I don't know—it just blew my mind. Like the mix of of kind of aggression that's just enough and not too much, and it's raw, but it's like polished at the same time I don't know everything about it just hit me so acutely um and you know I I listened to that I listened to that record every day like growing up going through school um every time I get in my car that's the record that I put on I think I had to buy it about four times because I just wore it out like the CD was just so worn out and the CD case was just in pieces. Um, I think I like literally rebought it like four times or something. Um, anyway, yeah. So I'd 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 have to say Foo Fighters, Color in the Shape. I've had a few albums too that I've purchased mo- multiple times. I still have a you know most of the Tool albums. I have my backups across the board. I have a few albums that I literally have like unwrapped copies behind my open ones just in case. Just in case the worst happens, man. Now let's get into the uh, family segment. A lot of people get music from, you know, giving through their their parents' stuff, their sister's stuff, older brother's stuff. I can remember that as a, as a kid. You know, my dad's Elvis albums, uh, Everly Brothers, found a Doors album, which blew my mind at the time and kind of set the base for, for the music that I like now. And speaking of family, man, this guy is locked in. Uh, he's got a family band. His sister is Lizzie Hale. He's the drummer, RJ Hale. 
And of course, their band is Hailstorm. And no surprise, this family band got their musical start with the family vinyl collection. My parents had a lot of records in the house that we listened to. Um, and it's really hard to single one out. I mean, the Beatles were a no-brainer. That was kind of a staple of the household. Uh, I think I can single out three um, from very opposite ends of the musical spectrum. And I think I can really credit the vast um, musical tastes that both my parents had uh, contributing to my vast uh, taste of of uh, musical genres. My dad being the more kind of 70s, old school, psychedelic rock and roll lover uh, turned me on to, you know, like Jerry Lee Lewis and um, Cream was one of his favorite bands. So I think that uh, we had uh, one of their albums, I think it was Fresh Cream, we had on vinyl and we had a record player in the kitchen and uh, he made me sit down and listen to that because he knew I was getting into drumming at the time. And wanted to introduce me to Ginger Baker's style of playing, who is a legendary player. Um, so that was that was one early on that I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. This is like my, my dad's music is pretty cool. And uh, but on the other end of the spectrum, I also had my mom's music that she grew up on, and she was more into pop music and more mainstream stuff. And one in particular was 1999 by Prince. Uh, I burned a hole in that record. I just love that record to death and still do to this day. And that kind of helped me branch off into, you know, getting into Michael Jackson, getting into Stevie Wonder and things of that nature. But it wasn't until I was an angsty teenager when I bought my very first album with money. <laughs> and it's really, I, I, I think the first album I ever bought was The Sickness by Disturbed. And it was around in 2000, and um, that song, Down With The Sickness, came out on the radio. And when I heard that, and I heard, wah ah, ah, ah you got to listen to the whole album. So <laughs> like, uh, that song, uh, you know, it's it, uh, garnered enough curiosity in me to want to actually listen to the record. And, and that's still a heavy album uh, that I still have a soft spot for to this day. Like, I still think it's a solid record front to back. I love it. You know, I love that it uh, was not just heavy, but it also had these industrial sounds and electronic sounds. It was, uh, you know, I was also kind of at the same time kind of getting into, like, Nine Inch Nails and stuff like that. So, um, so I think those three are pretty good examples, I think, of not just any album in particular, that got me into music, but I think the albums that helped me develop such a broad sense of of uh, of appreciation for vastly different sounding genres and styles of music, and uh, I credit my parents for a lot of that. That was me too. A lot of hand-me-downs for a while, and I mean, my parents would buy me stuff here and there, like like the Michael Jackson Thriller. I remember I had that cassette, but first time I threw down cash, I still remember Anthrax. I'm the man vinyl and then i cut that album all the way up the the cover and hung up in my junior high locker the knot man and all the guys from anthrax oh man and that album turned me on to black sabbath because they do a mean cover of sabbath bloody sabbath and changed my life man i get goosebumps just thinking about it and sticking with the family theme we turn our attention now to tyler he's the front man for the band theory of a dead man canadian rock band from uh, british columbia bunch of great guys all canadians are just great guys and girls just nice and he talks about also being turned on to some great music 
by uh, none other than digging through his father's vinyl. If I could think about uh, one record that definitely got me into music, it wasn't an album that I bought. It was a it was a it was a record my dad had. He had a, a great rock record collection. We had one of these pieces of furniture where you'd lift up the top, and everything was built into this piece of wood in the record player and the speakers and. He had some Doors and Pink Floyd and stuff like that, uh, Super Tramp. And Led Zeppelin II, was, I put that on, and I remember it was in stereo. So, you know, it starts with a whole lot of love, and the guitar solo is in stereo, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. I just remember from that point thinking that Led Zeppelin was the best band ever. You know, even um, listening to Jimmy Page solo on Heartbreaker or... Or, uh, you know, what John Bonham was doing. I just thought they were amazing. I just wanted to be in a band. So, for me, it was definitely Led Zeppelin too. That's a pretty good first right there. See, unfortunately for me, I only song of Zeppelin I knew for a long time was Stairway to Heaven. I mean, it was well-received and always voted the number one rock song ever. And I was like, what is this? It's not a rock song. And then heard, you know, the actual guitar ripping Jimmy Page. I was like, what? That's the same band? I still remember the day my mind was blown. Let's move into the uh, final segment of firsts, and they're just they're funny stories. A couple great ones. One involving um, Jason, frontman for Fire from the Gods, Austin, Texas band. And the only one to talk about a misdemeanor theft in regards to their first albums. A lot of mine, a lot of my first albums uh, were stolen because I didn't have any money. My parents wouldn't buy me the metal albums. I can remember stealing uh, Judas Priest's Painkiller and, and some others that... At a store when I was a kid, shoved them down your sweatpants. So maybe other people did swipe some rock, but myself and Jason, only ones to admit it. I don't remember the first one, but I will tell you uh, one that stuck out in my mind that that I always remember. Uh, a CD that I stole when I was about 16, 17. Uh, so there was this FYE near my house, and I think, I'm, you know, if you guys are old enough to remember... Back in the day, new music would come out on Tuesdays and not Fridays. And new records would be released, like full-on CDs and that would be released on Tuesdays. And so Tuesday, uh, this one Tuesday, God Hates Us All by Slayer was coming out. And at the time, I wasn't even the hugest Slayer fan. You know, I dug all the, you know, Rain and Blood and, you know, all, you know, all those uh, big, like, Slayer hits, but... I wanted to to get my like first real Slayer record, you know, and it was God Hates Us All. Um, so I went to the FYE and I walked in and I think these people, they already knew me. They already knew that I was notorious for coming in there and stealing shit. So they, uh, <laughs> they had the security guard on me immediately. And I was like, you know what? I'm daring. I'm a kid. I'm like, I'm invincible. I'm like, I'm going to get this record because all my friends that were like metalheads, like were in the Slayer and I wanted to be down and be like, yo, I got my Slayer record. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't like a burn Slayer CD that someone made for me. Like I actually went and got one. So I went uh, into the shop and immediately beelined it for the metal section and, you know, then you pick through the, the letters and I saw S. And so I'm looking, you know, I stopped and I saw Slipknot too. So I was like, all right, let me just stop real quick and, you know, look at the Slipknot CDs. You know, I've, I've had them all anyway because um, I'm a huge Slipknot fan. But, you know, so I peruse, then I get to the, you know, then I go back a little bit, then I see Slayer and I see God Hates Us All. And I immediately just jacked it. Security, uh, the, the whole big, 
apparatus that they had on it that would have the security um, strip and everything. Because before I would go on there and I would methodically like maneuver the city out of it. I would break the, the uh, I was terrible. But uh, um, uh, so I ran around, uh, ran around the shop, immediately tried to get out the store. Security guards clocked it and he comes rushing at me and I just dodged him, man. I was like, I should have been in the NFL for this one, man. I just totally like dodged him, spun, held, held the CD like it was a, like it was a football, not a, not a proper football that I play, but an American football, and I just gunned it for the door, you know, and I made it free and clear, but in the street where that, that FYE is really, um, really crowded, but I, I just, just maneuvered through the crowd, and I was out, man, and, you know, I felt so much satisfaction, and after that, I think about a year later, that FYE closed, so I really never went in there again after that one, that was just way too daring and bold and, and crazy, but, I had my, my Slayer album and, and I was completely satisfied with myself because God Hate Us All was dope. Um, I know it's an underrated Slayer record, but I think it was absolutely sick. <laughs> Big up Slayer and, and all those guys, man. I love you, dudes. Thanks for the memory. <laughs> Peace. So getting a Slayer album is cool. Stealing a Slayer album, that's even cooler, man. That's even cooler. And now we get to the best story of of all of them. I mean, they're great. Like I said, you can you can hear these guys kind of remove themselves from the now and transport back to the day they got their first or favorite album. It's really cool. And this one just this is just funny. And another great accent. You notice this is full. This is probably the classiest Kilo Vault yet. If you're basing it on accents. We turn you on to the story from Johannes. He's the front man for the band Avatar, Swedish metal band. If you're unfamiliar, you really should become familiar. They are awesome. As awesome as his story about his first album. The first album I bought with my own cash, with my own allowance, was Euthanasia by Megadeth. Now, I have already started gathering a couple of CDs through Christmas and birthdays and stuff and I think the first significant one in terms of showing where where I was heading was getting the best of Black Sabbath that came out in the wake of their of their reunion but before that the thing is that my brother has already gotten into a lot of metal and uh, I would sneak Blind Guardian albums out of his room and through my dad, he, when I was a kid, he had started to update his vinyl collection of Beatles albums to CD. So through there, I was already being fed uh, all these different bands that still means the world to me to this day. And my brother, in that collection, he had all the Metallica albums. But I heard through a friend stories about this guy who was too crazy for Metallica. And that guy and his band was called something as brutal and crazy as Mega Death. It wasn't just enough with a death. It was a Mega Death. So it sounded all very wild and crazy and edgy, which made it kind of weird that that the album Euthanasia by them could be found in our local library. So my friend actually lent it from there. And uh, we listened to it and we liked it a lot and, and all of that. And 
I at around the same time would reach an age where I would be going to this started going into town and start to browse the music stores and all that and there was that album with a crazy cover of them of the lady hanging up children to dry and yeah so I bought it. it was the first one that I remember buying with my own allowance opening it up I was kind of surprised because on the there was a picture of the band I think on the actual CD and on the library version there was a drawn on dick I think between was if I don't remember if it was which member I have a feeling was either uh, uh, Damon Stain himself or Marty Freeman's legs between one of their legs the, the war, uh, there was a dick drawn and I thought it was part of the this edgy one death is not just enough has to be mega death crazy bands uh, aesthetic but no it was just just some douchey kid <laughs> who had drawn it on the library version and now through the years of course uh, I, I kept buying Megadeth albums and yeah P-Cells and Counter to Extinction and Rust in Peace are I guess up there on the overloaded Mount Rushmore of metal classics for a good reason but I definitely still have a soft spot for euthanasia and also one that I find extremely underrated, not talked about enough today and not many people's favorites, but I, that, that was quite important in my journey to darker, more extreme music was so far, so good, so what? But, uh, you know, none of them, those discoveries wouldn't have come without that first one. And your first is always your first. Could have said it better myself right there. Your first... Is always your first. It's so funny you went through it. Most of us, a young adult, are thinking the penis was real. I'm looking at the cover. You can pull it up on, obviously on Google, and it would have been, it would have been having be between either Dave Mustaine legs or uh, Marty Freeman's legs because they're kind of, they're kind of spreading it a little bit. But he thought that it was real. It's so funny. He's like, one death is not enough. This band needs mega deaths. Oh, I love it. And I was a, a mega death kid. I because I was too enthralled. This guy got kicked out of Metallica. Oh my God, he's got to be badass. Now looking back, I don't know if I picked the right pony, but I was all all team Megadeth, and that was an awesome story. And one more time, your first is always your first. Hey, if you like the Keto Vault, like what we do, give us a nice rating, subscribe, spread the word, and as always, thanks for being a part of the Keto Vault.